for listening to MCS Spotlight, resources for life, leadership, and ministry. The podcast of the William Morrow Leadership Center of Master's College and Seminary. I'm Peter Newman, Academic Dean at Master's College. Enjoy the podcast. This is Peter Newman, and this is a new episode of MCS Spotlight. And I'm here today with Luch Lombardi. He's the director of our distance education and also of the William Morrow Leadership Center here at Masters College and Seminary. Luch is also involved in coaching and training, helping out in our district, and so he's involved with an awful lot of uh, leaders, young and old. And he gets to hear from people in ministry about their questions, their aspirations, the evolution of their calling. And one of the topics that we felt would be helpful for our listeners concerns the whole idea of how do I know when I'm ready to move in some sort of role in ministry and this can be from a specialized role like youth or children's ministry or worship into a lead pastor role or maybe somebody's in a lead pastor role and they're wondering should I specialize in something else should I move into more of an executive pastor role or maybe move into youth ministry who knows but it's this whole idea of transitioning in ministry and so uh, Luch is going to help us out with this today. So Luch, thanks for taking time to do this. And what I'd like to ask you first off, just to get us started, is what are you hearing from leaders that you talk with when it comes to this whole idea of moving, transitioning in yeah. ministry? What are some of the things that come up? Yeah, some of the things, um, I mean, it depends. There's such a wide variety of personalities out there in terms of leaders. Um, some of the conversations I have with some of our younger leaders is that I find that some of them haven't even thought about okay. whether they're ready to uh, be a lead pastor or whether they want to be a lead pastor. And um, usually those conversations gravitate towards me encouraging them to think about, well, if you were to be a lead pastor, what kind of lead pastor would you be? Um, I think in our circles we tend to, like in the culture, the general culture, we tend to aspire to certain personalities and we say, though, that's the successful lead pastor, right? right. And we kind of set up this model of comparison. But um, in my experience working with lead pastors, they're, they're, it's not that they're of the same personality. Uh, they're wide spectrum of personalities that are leading our churches. Okay. I think the ones that are successful are the ones who figure out what does it look like for me to be a lead pastor right. in terms of my personality, who I am. And having seen that in practice, I usually work with our young leaders to start thinking about, well, if you were to be a lead pastor, what would that look like, right? Um, and I start working on those pieces. But here the topic is about how do you know you're ready or you're on the uh, just just before the life stage of moving into lead right. pastor. So you're on role. the cusp of, well, either lead pastor or just the sense of, do I need to change something up? Do I right. need to transition into some other right, area? Right, right, right. Yeah, am I, am I ready to move? And that's always, uh, you know, when you stay, when leaders stay uh, for a long duration in a, in a congregation working with other leaders, sometimes they feel that thinking about moving is a bit of a, a betrayal, right, because of the loyalties they have connected to uh, to the people around them. And I think I think that that depends who you work with. 
and the personalities at play. Um, but I think in a leader themselves, I think there's a few things that they can pay attention to. Um, one of them is the sense of comfort, right? Where you come to the point where you've tracked along several years in a congregation and you've kind of hit this really comfortable pace. Right. Right, that um, you can pretty well do this, you know, with your eyes closed. Okay. Right, it comes naturally. Um, there's not a lot of surprises coming your way. Your days are predictable. Um, your, you know, your experiences are, are common and anticipated. Right. And I would say that's the first place to start thinking about well, have I, have I hit my ceiling here? Okay. Right, because I've kind of hit a stride and I'm not being asked to do more or take a, you know, another position. Uh, people have seemed to be happy with my leadership, you know, for all these years and I'm kind of doing the same thing all the time. Um, the other word we could use here is, is have you reached a, a point of complacency? Right. Right. Um, have you learned everything that you're going to learn? So okay, so right. let me let me just let, let's back up just a second here. When so when you're talking to leaders, coaching them, do you find? Uh, and we'll get to more of this. These maybe questions or things that leaders yeah. can be asked to to find out about com, you know complacency. If you sure. reach some sort of level where you think you should transition sure. uh, to another role, are, are you finding that that there is an awareness in general when people hit certain stage of life or stage of ministry role that they think, well, now I'm ready to do something different or, or is that, yeah. uh, I mean, if a person's never done that before, maybe, maybe there, maybe there's a lack of awareness. They're just feeling or not feeling something. And, and do, yeah. do you find that people are looking to you to find out that, or do you have to sort of reach in and, and maybe with some of the things they're sharing, say to them, you know, like you might want to think about transitioning so is is there you know a person like I say yeah. in their 30s maybe hitting in their 40s um, yeah. are they self-aware in general I mean you're gonna get different types of people but are they again are they are they aware maybe I should be thinking of something different or are you finding more often uh, that you have to sort of introduce that idea to them I think I think there are fewer that come to me directly um, and engage me because they want to figure this out. I probably encounter more leaders who I, from observing, hearing, uh, just seeing, you know, the dynamic at play for them, um, that I, I kind of point out, you know, hey, it sounds to me like okay. you're getting to this point, right? Uh, getting to this place so, uh, so in your might, leadership. So there, you're you're looking at. Symptoms isn't the right word here, but you're looking at, at indicators, uh, uh, indicators, indicators yep. uh, that they're expressing to you, and maybe the solution to this is, hey, maybe maybe it's time for a move to something different. Here's uh, here's one example that uh, youth pastors tend to encounter. Uh, usually, they become a youth pastor. They either newly married, or through the course of them being a youth pastor, they get married. And they track along with their youth group. They, uh, you know, bring hopefully one generation of youth through and then start thinking about the next generation. Right. And then all of a sudden, um, the couple, she gets pregnant and they're about to have children. Right. 
And it's interesting having chatted with youth pastors that have just had small children. And all of a sudden, the issues of the young people that they're dealing with seem so petty. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 you know, the sessions of long conversations in the late wee hours of the morning with youth, suddenly, you know, you're kind of thinking, you know, I think you just really need to grow up and carry on, right? It, it, it's, there's a natural, yep. that's a natural progression, right? Okay. It's, it's okay. I remember, I remember coaching uh, one of our, our young grads, and uh, he was just moved into fatherhood, and he thought something was wrong with him. Because now, he said, I loved my youth. And now, I hate to say it, but I don't like them. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I said, then, well, tell me what's going on. And this is exactly what he was saying, you know. I, you know, I'm, I'm a father now. And, you know, all these petty things that they're dealing with uh, seem so small to me. And he said to me, is there something wrong with me? And I said, to him, no, there's nothing wrong with you. You are just progressing in your life. And maybe you're now starting to feel indicators that maybe youth ministry is coming to an end for you, right? Maybe you want to work with people that are more your peer now, right? right. Uh, you want to move on. So that, that, and those of you listening, if you're in that situation and you've certainly, you know, uh, have these terrible thoughts about your youth, please know that <laughs> it's, uh, it's natural to feel, it's, I guess it's natural to fall out of love with the people you've been working with right. for a period of time because... Um, God's allowing you to grow and, and now start, you know, finding other focus of ministry, right? So I'm thinking it, even in that case, it may be that, a per, that you know, a, a woman or a man who's youth pastoring and finds himself then into that, in that scenario, they may be tran- need to move or transition to a different role or move or adjust or transition the way that they are approaching youth ministry, oh. turn into a different type of role because that totally. way of relating to the youth has changed. It still means, need, means a significant transition, but mm-hmm. it might be different. So what, what would be, Luch, some of the questions um, that you would bring to a person you're talking to that would help them discover mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're ready to, to move in this direction? And you'd mentioned yeah. things like complacency or whatever. Are there yeah, other yeah, questions yeah. that you would talk I, about? I think about? it's a combination of things, right? Um, Nothing, uh, nothing against what I said earlier, like hitting a comfortable stride, right. feeling confident, like you're executing your ministry and people are enjoying uh, the connection, et cetera. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it gets coupled with longevity. You've been there a okay. long time, yep. right? Um, the other one that comes to mind is that you, ca- you hit a ceiling in terms of how much you can learn now. Right. There's doesn't... Sometimes there's been such a trajectory of learning all kinds of dynamics of leadership based on who you're working with and the congregation. And, and the wonderful thing about congregations is that even as a new pastor, they, they tend to grow with you, right? And, and they give you room to grow in their context. But uh, sometimes you hit a ceiling there too, right? You, there doesn't seem to be anything else to learn here. And sometimes that's a moment where you need to sit and think, Okay, well, if I were to do this the next five, ten years and not learn one additional single thing, will I be happy with that when I'm looking back, right? right? And um, when I work with leaders, uh, a lot of them kind of think, well, no, I, I wouldn't be happy if I didn't progress, I didn't learn. Now, sometimes, depending on the team, 
and the, the lead that you're working with, sometimes voicing that stagnancy right. can actually open up opportunities, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes, uh, and if those opportunities come up, sometimes that congregation realizes, hey, uh, we're going to track with you. We're going to, uh, you know, what, what do you want to learn, right? What do you, and, and, and unless you have those conversations to see if that's possible, maybe it might just be a matter of fact that the people around you don't know that you want to learn more, right? Because they see you executing so confidently. Right. So sometimes it's worth having the conversation and being open to say, you know, I, I'd like to learn more, but I think it has to happen you know, intentionally now, because I've kind of picked up everything I can pick up so far. So the the conversation needs to happen. I'm just trying to put myself in the in, in that place. So, but what if, what if I'm there's a risk to opening that conversation as well? Yes. Depending on maybe who you're working with That's as right. well, because uh, some pastors, some some venues might lead themselves to, oh, well, let's figure out. You know, we can make room for where you're growing. Other ones might say. Okay, well, um, <laughs> we've got no room for you. So this there's a risk. <laughs> there's a, yeah, and that does happen, right? The yeah, moment you start, even, even if you're not thinking, I want to change something, even to just begin talking about that, uh, in some situations that might set up. Exactly. The, and so, and this, is, this is more career planning, right? This happens in any profession, right? right? Where you kind of hit a ceiling, you're with a company, and you realize, well, this is all I'm going to learn. And this is all the promotion I'm going to get. Yep. So now it's time to start thinking. I need to now, you know, I need to jump to another organization. Right. And and so, and you know, ministry is no different than that. And it's not. And I know that we, I know the ministry calling dynamic has a very spiritual element to that. I understand that, and that's an important one. And it's a dynamic that uh, really connects us with who we're working with in a way that other professions don't, right? They don't have that yeah. connection. So it does make it harder to, to move on or transition to think about leaving. But um, I, always, I always encourage that the, the rewards of having connected with people outweigh how yes. difficult it is at times yeah. to transition, right? And I try to remind leaders of that. But um, yeah, you need to, again, you need to know who you're working with, right? Um, some leads are some leads want to develop their team beyond their context right, right? some uh, i know i've met some leads that feel that their church is an incubator for uh, training young pastors right and they know that they hire a young pastor and they know that in 5 years they're going to leave right but they're fine with that so they're like a teaching hospital exactly. so to speak exactly yeah. and it works for them um, because they do a really good job of bringing in new leaders and mentoring them and helping them grow right some leaders are going to feel threatened by that. I mean, uh, we just need to be honest about that. And you, as a young pastor, you need to read that, right? You need to, you need to decide, and I'm sure if you've worked with somebody for five years or so, you've already come to learn, you know, their comfort level with this. And you can always test that with something smaller, right? <laughs> right, before you, before you uh, because I know some, some stories in the past have been, you know, where a, a young leader has voiced this concern and then, you know, in three months they're gone. Right. Right, because that leader now feels like, okay, well, now you're not committed here, so let's move you out. Right. Right, you don't want that to happen. Um, I mean, you want to you transition healthy, right. right? So we can, I, I think 
in, in a bit we can talk about how a lead pastor responds to sure. this type of thing. Sure. Um, but I, what I'm, I think I'm hearing you saying here is that, that the risk here uh, needs to be taken because otherwise there's not going to be a resolution of some of the right. things that are going on in a young leader's life. What would be some of the, uh, you mentioned, you know, sort of hitting a, hitting a ceiling, yep. um, complacency. What are some of the emotional cues that a person could look at themselves and think, Am I feeling this way here? Or, or maybe questions that you ask them to that sort of reveal some of those things that are inside. Because sometimes we don't know, right? We, we feel certain things. We might feel frustrated. We might feel bored. We might feel a <coughs> little Excuse depressed. Me. Like, why is it? I wasn't feeling this way a year or two ago. What's going on? Nothing's changed. Yep. And those might be those emotional signals. So what are, what are some of the signals that a person might... Uh, might get again we mentioned complacency and some others anything well, else well you know maybe maybe you had a season of being happy and now all of a sudden you're really cranky right right you're you're kind of you can't put your finger on it like why you know simple things just you seem to just really upset me now you know yeah things that were never an issue for me well that, that that's a clue of well is that related to that's a stress behavior something's missing right right um I think that's when it becomes important to sit down with somebody you trust. Um, and if it can't be in an organization, then definitely outside the organization, to just walk through those feelings, right? Sometimes you just need to get that out. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, in our busy pastoral lives, we hardly stop. Yes. Right? And we need those moments to pause and figure out what's going on there. Because sometimes... We who by nature aren't toxic can become toxic because maybe we've hit, like I've said, we've hit that ceiling or uh, we've hit a point of complacency or maybe now we're not learning and that's why we're cranky because we don't feel like we're being fed now or we don't feel like we're growing now, right? So that's that's sometimes uh, an indicator. Sometimes it's, you know, I had such good relationships with my team, but now they're all seeming to be tension there. They're grading on me. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> I don't want to see their face anymore, right? That kind of thing. No, um, yeah, they're, they're um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, really good relationships have turned a bit caustic now, right? They're, it's not going so well, right? We seem to butt heads. Right? But there's no, but there's no, not necessarily anything, big thing that's happened. It's just sort of a... No, it's, it's you're growing is right. what's happening. Okay. You're growing. As w- well, for us who have had children, we know they hit a point where their joints start to ache. They have pains. Right. And I remember the first time it happened with our eldest, I'm kind of thinking, what, is this real? Like, is <laughs> this, I mean, they seem to be complaining about pains that old people have, right? Like, how, how, can, you have, how can you have a pain in your joint? You're like, you know, eight years old. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what we realized from the doctor is that they had growing pains. Right. Their, their joints were actually stretching, physically stretching, and yeah. it's causing them pain. And that's what's happening if, you know, with you. If you're, if you're feeling unsettled, if you're feeling like you're not growing, the, the, the emotion of it is a growing pain. Right. And um, I always encourage leaders to realize, hey, emotions don't have a value judgment on them. They're neither right or wrong. We give value judgments on those emotions. Right. Emotions are ways for us to learn. Yes. Just like we read a book, our emotions tell us yeah. and teach us stuff. And I think if you're entered a... A time of, uh, of of tumult, of uh, kind of you know uh, being out on the high seas and it's not so smooth. Um, talk to somebody, 
talk yeah. to somebody. Talk to a trusted uh, person in the district. Uh, you can contact me. We have coaches that we've trained that would love to chat with you uh, and take time to work that out. But just get that out okay. in a safe place so that you can get clarity on what's going on. So paying attention to our emotions and naming them is an important part. I mean, remember hearing a little while ago, uh, you know, we sometimes in in Protestant theological traditions, emotions are what we try to avoid, almost in a Vulcan-like way. <laughs> um, and yet, right. it, more realistically, more realistically, emotions never lie. Yeah. They can't. Mm -hmm. They just are. If I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling angry. If I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling depressed. If I'm feeling happy, I'm feeling happy. Now, yeah. why that's the case yeah. and what I'm supposed to do with that is a whole other thing. Yeah. Because I'm feeling angry doesn't mean, oh, now I should go... Yeah. You know, punch somebody or something. It's it, it's just simply okay. I am feeling this way. Yep. Now, how do I, like you said, how do I put a value on this? What is this? That's totally. a whole different issue. Totally. So at least being aware of those things, not trying to suppress or, yeah. or pretend they're not there. The other one, Peter, is fatigue. Um, you know, you you've tracked along. You're a young leader. You put five, maybe seven good years in, and never felt tired once. But now you just seem to be tired all the time. Right. Fatigue isn't just Physical fatigue is also a symptom of some emotional stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, I know that people that um, maybe maybe your opportunity to be creative is gone. Okay. And now you're not creative anymore. That can actually create physical fatigue. Right. Because the creativity fuels you physically. Right. right? And so, uh, you know, some of you with those kinds of personalities, that could be the symptom. And then, you know, really the solution to that kind of stress um, is taking a look at the environment. What em environment am, am I in now, right? And because I'm behaving this way, right. there's something about the environment. And you have to ask yourself, if, if there is something in the environment, can the environment change and accommodate what I need? Can I change and accommodate the environment? And if neither can happen where you are, then maybe you need to start thinking about moving on. Okay. All right. So let's just, I uh, just want to briefly summarize some of the things I've heard sure. so far. So person, uh, be aware of ourselves, our emotions, that those types of things so that we can at least begin to think, hey, uh, these, are, these are not necessarily wrong things with me as part of the normal cycle of growth and mature, maturation. Some of those things can come out as frustrations, tiredness, mm -hmm. uh, irritability, different yeah. things like that, that may be signals that maybe I just need to think about is, is this the time that I need to make some decisions about changing something? Could it be a new transition to a new type of role? Yeah. Uh, and so naming those things and then going and getting others to feed into that. Other people who care about us, but That's will right. also give us an honest perspective on things. So. A coach. I don't know if you know of a good coach around Leach. <laughs> I know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah, I can yeah. wrestle up one. At uh, least. Yeah. So, so let's now. That, that's what the person going through transition might experience. Now, let's let's uh, take the angle of the lead pastor. You, you, sure. and and somebody with staff. You've been listening to part one of preparing to move, understanding transitions in ministry. Look for part two of this interview with Luch Lombardi coming up in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to MCS Spotlight, resources for life, leadership, and ministry. MCS Spotlight is a resource of the Dr. William Morrow Leadership Center at Masters College. 
To contact us and find out more about the Leadership Center, visit mcs.edu backslash leadership or email us at advanceleading at mcs.edu. You're also able to follow us on Facebook at Dr. William Morrow Leadership Center or on Twitter at Advanced Leading. Thanks again for listening.